project resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career, Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Please make sure to reference Medical Coding Geek when you place your order. The Haugen Consulting Group offers healthcare consulting, education, and auditing services utilizing a team of industry experts specializing in leadership, project management, and assessments for HIM and patient access. Their auditors and educators are experts in facility and professional fee coding and offer education for ICD-10-CM, PCS, CPT, HIM, patient access, and revenue cycle. The Haugen Consulting Group is thrilled to be a partner with MedicalCodingGeek.com and the Not Also Classified podcast. Go to thehaugengroup.com slash shop and use promo code GEEK15 at checkout to receive a discount on webinars and desk aids. Again, go to thehaugengroup, H-A-U-G-E-N group.com slash shop and use our promo code GEEK, G-E-E-K-1-5 at checkout. Looking for a convenient, cost-effective solution for interventional radiology coding training? Check out Cracking the IR Code, Mastering Interventional Radiology and Cardiology Coding Online Education, created by interventional radiology coding expert Stacy Buck of RadRx. This comprehensive online training offers access to content for one year, Q&A support available during your one-year enrollment period, hundreds of coding scenarios, and actual operative reports. What are you waiting for? It's time to earn that specialty credential. Go to RadRx for additional testimonials and information and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. Again, go to RadRx and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to Do Not to Not Elsewhere. Not Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Elsewhere Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Also Classified podcast. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Over 70% of our audience listens to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. So please make sure to leave us a rating and a review. It definitely helps out the podcast. Today in the podcast, I have Brian Simpson. Brian is a longtime listener of the podcast, and I decided to have him on today's episode. He started out as a respiratory therapist and moved his way up into clinical documentation integrity. So, of course, we talk about how he got into clinical documentation improvement. We talk about the credentials he achieved over such a short period of time. And pretty much we talk shop about clinical documentation integrity including chart reviews and ICU complex notes. Again, this is a two-part series, so please make sure to stay tuned for next week. So without further ado, here is part one of my interview with Brian Simpson. Enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome to the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast. Today on the podcast, I have a longtime listener of our podcast, 
Brian Simpson. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks. Nice to be here. It's finally good to have you on because I, I know we've connected a, a while back, a while back uh, through Facebook groups, uh, through LinkedIn, uh, through webinars even. Uh, and you've I followed you. You know, I followed you. I've observed what you've done. I've, I've observed when you first started uh, pre-CDI and even in discussions with uh, in, in get, you know, I guess really asking advice, you know, getting the trying to find out the ins and outs of trying to get into CDI. And then you're finally into CDI. So if you guys don't follow Brian Simpson on LinkedIn or on Facebook, at least from what I followed, he he's grown really fast. Like <laughs> as soon as I was just telling him earlier, as soon as you, as soon as CDI caught your eye, or you were in, I guess introduced to CDI, you you took off really fast with a lot of credentials. Even the new credentials that are out by with ACDIS, you've taken the opportunity to take those tests as well. Uh, but. I'm going to not tell everything about you. I'm going to turn it around to you. Let's start off with the first question. Where did you come from and how did you get to where you're at today? My undergrad degree is as a respiratory therapist. And um, at the time when I was in my program, my classmates and I were always confused in physiology, not just the cardiopulmonary system, but and of course, I had to know blood gases, but electrolytes and study DKA, and congestive heart failure, so many things, um, EKG rhythm analysis, uh, how to start IVs, everything. And looking back at that now, that's really what started my opportunities to where I, you know, have been able to come today. Um, I've worked with some great progressive managers who I've been involved in um a local rural hospital developing their chemical cardiolite stress tests. So with the denison, prosantine. So I um, wrote protocols. It was just a lot of things one after another um, that built my knowledge from that point. Um, several years ago in 2001, I had to stop working because of my health and over the course of two years, I was able to get back to work. And when I went back for my interview, it was working in a busy radiology department, just doing stress tests. And when I went for the interview, I was on oxygen and a wheelchair. I left the wheelchair outside of the director's office and walked in three days a week, four hours a day. And I just ran with it. You know, I had transitioned to a larger facility and I, I also have a master's in exercise science and I was given opportunities to work in non-invasive cardiology um, we have a, a busy open heart intensive care program and uh, so at times I would do a stress test that could be positive the patient would have open heart surgery I might see them in the cardiovascular ICU and then I would see them again in cardiac rehab <laughs> So, you know, I was just given the opportunity to follow through with everything. Um, and, you know, like I said, it was just one thing after another. Um, and I was always really big on chart research before I would go in to see a patient. I wanted to know what their films, what the lab work, everything had to say. 
And, um, you know, I, it, it was just one day at a time. I had, when I turned 40, I decided that I wanted to start running marathons. <laughs> and I should preface this with, <clears throat> I've had significant asthma my entire life. And in my early 20s, progressed actually to stage four COPD with a lung function of 28%. And I developed bronchiectasis, a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So over the next six years or so, I was able to run 18 marathons, a 50K, and about 30 half marathons. You know, I was thankful for every day I I had struggled most of my adult life with my lungs, and I have been prednisone dependent since I was 20, so on oral steroids. And when I turned 40, I lost a lot of weight and started running, and really just um, that was the start of the, the change in my life. And then about opportunity as a physician, as a clinical analyst in our revenue management department. So. Um, dealing with denials and writing appeals and things like that. And I had been asked to give an in-service to our coding and CDI staff on respiratory failure. It's like the nemesis. Yeah, they they love you. They love you for for doing that. (laughs) Um, Indicators. Yeah. And at the time, the case manager director and at my facility, CDI is part of case management. Mm. She was at the presentation. And at that time, it was in, I believe, in April. And she decided she wanted me to work for her. So I was hired as a transition of care coordinator dealing with COPD and CHF patients in our hospital. And um, rapidly, things changed. <laughs> In a matter of two weeks, I went from running my 17th and 18th marathons to being now oxygen dependent again and off work for about the next 10 weeks, um, dealing with topics like lung transplantation and different things. So when I was able to go back to work, it was apparent to my boss that I couldn't have clinical exposure. And so I began helping her with appeal letters on the front end for denials and a couple months later she asked me if i would like to cross train for cdi and about a month later we had a nurse retire and so things just fell into place she was comfortable i guess with my clinical knowledge um and the job i had done so it was through my health and then the decline of my health that I've entered the field of CDI. So, I mean, even even aside from your your health, you know, you you talked about your your experience. So, you know, you, from respiratory therapist to doing uh, denials. Uh, you know, you you have a background with COPD with CHF, which, by the way, CDIs would love you for that <laughs> when you talked about the. Uh, the doing the in-service because they they love that i loved it when anybody when anybody gave me an in-service 
Because even though, you know, we have issues with, with, with CHF, at least from when I was a CDI, you know, talking about the acuity, talking about the, the type and stuff like that. It's nice to know just just the little details about it that you can leverage in, in the information that you can give to uh, the physician in terms of a query, just so that way they, they understand that they need to document specifically in terms of CHF. Um, so as I mentioned, you're talking about the, the, the analysis, you talked about your chart review, which is great. Uh, and you know, aside from your health, you had the skills, you know, you had the skills necessary. And I think the, the person who rolled you into the CDI role, uh, saw that potential, you know, and I think more or less it, it was the opportunity because of your health, uh, to, to give you that opportunity in a CDI, which is great. Um, so as a CDI now, what are you doing? I, um, by the way, since I was hired Mm -hmm. and was able to do the job, my facility has changed its policy for CDI professionals. And now it's not open just to RNs with a bachelor's degree. It's open to anyone with a clinical healthcare license and bachelor's degree. Nice. So that was nice. I do work just with RNs now, but mm, maybe they've been, they've been hearing us talk on on social media for some time, and they decided to make some changes. You know, you mentioned earlier that your program, which is great, now opening up the the doors a bit, the requirements uh, of uh, prefer preferable, re- recommended, as you see in in a lot of uh, uh, news, uh, not the job ads for nurses with RNs or graduate degree, you know, uh, not graduate degrees, but graduated with a BSN uh, for CDIs. And oh, yeah, that's right. I was mentioning back in the day when I was um, as a CDI, uh, when we were doing interviews, and, and you, you, you know, you, you, you reminded me of this one guy who tried to, he was a great respiratory therapist, great respiratory therapist, he worked in critical care. Um, and and applied for the job for CDI because anytime we had an opening in our in our facility or in our system, people jump on it. And you know, you're talking about nurses, coders, and now respiratory therapists. They would come to us, and unfortunately, you know, there was no, um, you know, there was no avenue for respiratory therapists to become CDIs. So when I when I he- when I hear about you, I'm like, gosh, you know, re- you know, when you look back, respiratory therapists would have been a great asset. Uh, for a CDI program because, number one, they're in critical care. Number two, they deal with respiratory patients. They deal with COP, you know, COPD, CHF uh, patients. They know about ventilators. They know, they know about BiPAP, CPAPs, different modalities. Because anytime sure. I had questions about respiratory failure, I always went to a respiratory nurse. And I'm like, what's it? You know, back in the day, I said, I didn't know what a CPAP was. I didn't know what a BiPAP was. I didn't know, you know, so this is so sure. early uh, in my CDI career. So I had to ask, like, what's the difference? Because, you know, here I am, I, I could just easily pull the trigger for a respiratory failure query and they're not, they're not on any of it, you know, and, and sure, uh, sure. there you go into issues of non-compliance. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that, uh, the, the doors are opening. Uh, I, I know we still have a, you know, I, I talk about it a lot, you know, and I, I'm glad to see other people kind of take on the reins a bit, uh, trying to spread the message that, you know, it, it, you know, a CDI program should not be solely, uh, with registered nurses because lim- you're really limiting your potential in your CDI program, 
you're not diversifying your your program uh, by having multi disciplines in your program. You're really you know strengthening your your team because uh, you mentioned denials. Even deny even the people on the denial side uh, on the uh, on the other end, the payer side, they're diverse. You know, they have coders, they have uh, nurses, they have physicians. So, you know, you have to, I, I think diversity versus diversity is great. Yeah, I agree. So let's talk about your, <laughs> as soon as you got into CDI, right? And I remember, I, I remember a couple of our conversations or even your posts, right? And I would try to, to help out. Uh, once you caught, when you first started CDI, how many credentials did you have at the time? I had the CCA. Okay. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Because I had done that with my um, appeals. Mm-hmm. Nice. So yeah. I, I did have that, uh-huh. which was a very good base. I know it catches a lot of slack yeah. no. from a lot of people, but I thought it was a great entry-level credential for me. And then where did you progress yourself from? So from CCA to to what to what else did you get well i um i i had my eyes set on as soon as i was eligible to take one of the cdi credentialing exams mm-hmm. i think that was one um, of your questions which I, one you wanted either the cdip or the ccds right i think that usually were right. one of your questions and and as an rt and this is an issue of mine with both AHIMA and Actus, both great organizations, but they considered me an allied health and required a minimum of three years oh, wow. um, to, to take the exam. Mm-hmm. They, I think that was Actus. Mm-hmm. And um, for the CDIP, it was two years, two years if I had the CCS mm-hmm. or three years if I didn't have the CCS. Mm-hmm. So I hit the ground running. And a year after I had the CCA, I took the CCS. Wow, amazing. And um, then as soon as I was eligible to take the CDIP, I did. Mm -hmm. And at three years, almost to the day, (laughs) I took the um, CCDS. And then I followed that with... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the CRC. Right. Yeah, you know, I remember risk that. Risk adjustment being such a beneficial education, you know, with, with CDI. Mm-hmm. And then I was working some with, um, you know, outpatients. And then I was eligible after I had uh, a year, I was eligible to take the CCDSO. Yes. And then I rounded it off in the fall with the CCSP. Wow. <laughs> because I had, I was considering going to an outpatient uh, risk adjustment position. Mm-hmm. Um, so I needed the CPC or the CCSP. Let's take a moment for a quick break. I listened to a lot of podcasts, and one product that I was curious to try out was Magic Spoon Cereal. Magic Spoon is the high-protein, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, wheat-free, naturally-flavored, totally delicious, childlike cereal for grown-ups. Now you're probably thinking that it tastes like cardboard. I did my research on similar cereals and decided to give this brand a try. I subscribed to the Variety Pack 
that includes frosted, fruity, blueberry, and chocolate. And really, to my surprise, they really tasted great considering that it was supposed to be a healthy cereal. So far, my favorite is the fruity flavor. They also have nutty and cinnamon flavors too. I've already tried the variety pack for a couple months now and swapped out my subscription to try out their cinnamon flavor. Magic Spoon has zero sugar, three grams net carbs, and 11 grams of protein per serving. They have a 100% happiness guarantee. If you are not completely in love with their cereal, they'll give you a full refund. So go to magicspoon.com and use our coupon code GEEK at checkout. Again, go to magicspoon.com and use our coupon code GEEK, G-E-E-K, at checkout. And now back to our show. So, you know, it was definitely about learning for the credentials, but it was also about setting goals for myself. You know, I being so ill and being home 95% of the time, it was good to have small goals and things to work for. And I had numerous advanced credentials in the respiratory therapy as well. So I've always looked at my job truly as a profession and not as a job. So I always did credentials for me, not my institution. So that's how I ended up with <laughs> all of those in a matter of three and a half years. Yeah, that's it's really fast uh, and and very remarkable because when when you first got into the job, into the position, I'm like, wow, great. You know, that's that's awesome. And then you started to inquire a lot. You asked a lot of questions. Uh, I don't know how many f- Facebook groups you're on because I always, <laughs> always see you on them. And every time I see them, I'm like, great. You know, it's good to see you inquisitive. So that I think that's that's at least for the message for people that are listening. You know, if you are are really interested in in whatever you you want to go to coding CDI HIM I mean those Facebook groups are great because uh yeah. you know you you know one thing is is to ask questions but I think you know just to ask for and the way you approached it I think it, it was very it was very it was good because you 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 approached it in a way that you were seeking advice all the time like you know yes. you, you know even though yes you know, you didn't want to come off as, you know, you never came off as needy, you know, like, like I see people who, (laughs) (laughs) who post on Facebook and I'm like, gosh, that's, that's kind of needy or they're, they just want an answer or something like that. But you always came in every post. Um, I think that's what drew, drew me into is that you were truly seeking advice, uh, from the people in the group and you were very appreciative uh, which which kind of caught my eye. I'm like, who's this guy? You know, <laughs> who's this guy wondering about CDI? Yeah. He's truly interested. And you were really just at the beginning level when you when I when we I guess when we, uh, or at least when you I, I caught you caught my eye, and and from there you you really grew you really grew rapidly. And so within the three years, and I, I like how you mentioned that it's not for. 
Uh, what did you say? Yeah, the, the credentials were for myself. So what I did, I did for me. Mm-hmm. You know, to learn. So why so many credentials, though? I guess that's that's that within a short period of time. Usually, people who who would get a credential, they kind of they would, um, you know, kind of let it marinate a bit. You know, <laughs> like they they would they at least make it work for them. But you you really took off, which was great. What made you jump? to the next one really like really in a short time you said like uh, you have like a handful of credentials in three years here i am just i want to get my ccs but but (laughs) i'm procrastinating so bad uh to get my third one and you're already up to like more than three I, i guess the question would be you could have done it in a longer time right over a longer time but why in a shorter time well um the reality is right I don't know how much time I have. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I am end-stage lung disease. Every day I treat as a gift. Um, I've been blessed with amazing employers that have always accommodated me. Um, so it was more so a case of, I know I don't have a great life expectancy, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to do this Good. for me. Right. And, and learning, you know, I went to the Ahima CDIP or the CDI summit yes. a couple of years ago mm-hmm. in Baltimore and was exposed to risk adjustment a lot, a part of mm-hmm. that. And actually um, some staff members from the Mayo Clinic in Phoenix. And I was very pleased to hear that they employ respiratory therapists nice. in the CDI wow. positions. Yes. So, you know, it, it was things like that um, that helped me get the structure that I wanted, um, that I wanted to plan for myself. You know, like I, I said, it wasn't for anybody else but me. The, the CCDS, the CDIP, they're not required for my position, just the bachelor's and my healthcare license. Okay. Um, it was just something, I, I worked with amazing coders Good. and after taking the CCA, my only prep was, I, I did take a, a great exam prep course, but was working with great coders. And I learned so much from them. And they would send me the guidelines and they would send me the coding clinics. So I would save everything. Mm. So I thought, I'm going to take it. If I don't pass, there's no pressure. Yeah. Because you don't need it. No, I, I didn't. I, I know it seems odd to a lot of people. Yeah, right. But, um, no. Like I said, it was, it were things to help me pass the time. Because to be honest, four years ago, four and a half, almost five years ago, when I got, when I had the deterioration in my health, I was not expected to see a year. So... You know, it's it's just been about small accomplishments, one day at a time. I say one day, one step, one breath at a time. Nice. <clears throat> I'm going to use that as the title, by the way. <laughs> and it just so happens that, you know, I found or this field found me and I, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't have been able to remain in healthcare mm. if it weren't for this position. And I had the fortune of doing a, an interview with Actis a while ago. Nice. And I spoke of that. 
you know. Um, oh, you were on the ACDIS radio? No, I actually was uh, meet the member oh, in okay. one of the journals, in okay. the field, okay. <clears throat> things like that. Um, so it's it's been by far the best job. Um, and not just because of the my physical capabilities being so limited. Um, it's it's always I learn something new every day, and there's so many great people that I've reached out to, like yourself, Thank that you. have always been willing <laughs> to help. The CDI has not only kept me in healthcare; it's given me something to feel that I can contribute and be productive in, and want to keep fighting and not just go back on disability or face transplantation and feel like I've given up. CDI is a, from when I started, when it was new, um, you know, it was, it was something that was of the unknown, right? Back in, from when I started back in 2006. And then, you know, now it's, it's evolving in a way that it, it really is opening a lot of, I don't want to say doors, but a lot of eyes. Uh, it's catching a lot of attention because, you know, really the the fundamental uh, fundamentals of CDI is the documentation. And if you know, I guess the real the real the real art or the real uh, I guess the because here I am going to, into a philosophy state, but the real goal of into getting into CDI is is having the physician and and trying to really document fully the condition that the patient has and not just writing the <laughs> the diagnosis yeah and, and back in my day that's that was you know with, with the limitation of what i knew uh in trying and, and continuing to learn in the role back then that's all i knew is like hey if i can get the physician just to write the diagnosis i'm good uh, you know it, I, I set my my kpi for the day or my quota and i'm good yeah. I'm, I'm i'm done and 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 since then, uh, you know, when you and this is why it's very good to connect with other CDI professionals is is that you see another view. It's you know one 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 view from your facility is great. I mean, yes, they could be uh, you know have a great team, but then they usually you know within one organization they they see one one way of doing it and they collaborate to that one way. But when you go to or, or like if you, you know, just like going to Agdis, Ahima, the conventions, you, you get to be introduced to other professionals who have a different viewpoint uh, and, and another method that may be interesting that you can implement in your own, not just your, your institution, but your own, your own way. Uh, one case example would be would be Dr. Limhoko. Whenever when I was was immediately introduced uh, to Dr. Limhoko with his clinical truth, that my eyes really open, you know, and in terms of, of you know, it's not just what is documented. It's really you really have to really critically think your way into the diagnosis to really determine if the patient really has it, or or if the you know in in terms of um, you know if the patient uh, clinically present is present has presently has it but is not documented that opens the door as well. Uh, I've been working a lot with Glenn Kraus. Uh, you know he's with Core CDI. I do also his Wiser mm-hmm. Wednesday podcast. But you know in, in my exposure to mm-hmm. him, it, it's 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 um, 
it's not again not what's documented, but look at the physical exam. <laughs> look at the yes. physical exam. And when I first, when I in my early days of CDI, I didn't even look at it. Again, I was just looking at the diagnosis, no. you know. And and I failed to you know look deeper, you know, look into really the details. Mm-hmm. And as you progress in, in your CDI profession and to your CDI career, uh, what you what you do eventually with each and every condition that you work with uh you fine tune it right and and i always talk about in my presentations that you always add on another piece of the puzzle to your understanding of the condition so that way when yes. you go back to the condition again chf for example you find a piece of information that would be viable that would help you yeah. either do a clinical validation or or even a query uh, so that has been, a, you know, at least for me, I'm always looking for other professionals, other professionals out there in the field to give me, you know, that that piece mm-hmm. of that little piece that, you know, I that can add on to all the other pieces. For me, it's like, uh, you know, what I know is a kaleidoscope of everybody that I've talked to. And, and it's not just yeah. me. And, and the reason why people look at me for CDI is because I'm, I'm actually bringing back everything that I've learned from other people. Uh, and, and sharing that with them, and they're like, "Wow, yeah. you know." And then I said, "You know what? Don't talk to me. Go, go talk to that person. Let me make that. Let me make that connection for you because I think you. It's better to hear it firsthand versus secondhand. You know, the energy is there from that person versus me. You know, so that's great. And so, you know, you yourself, you know, uh, moving into moving up in the world and CDI. Uh, you know, you've you've gotten into the Meet the Member." Uh, what act is, uh, you know, we could always look to you for, <laughs> for CDI. And I remember there was one time, there was one time, I remember one time, uh, you probably remember, I was doing a webinar, right? Uh, a CDI webinar. And we were talking about, and, and I remember it, we were talking about some form of respiratory issue. And I, I saw your name in the, <laughs> in the member list. I'm like, yeah, I remember. remember that. I was like, Brian, can you help, can you kind of help me out in the, in this, because I knew number one, you were a respiratory therapist. Number two, you worked in critical care, and 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 here I am. I'm doing the webinar, and I turned it around to you. You were the you were just the, the attendee. I said, could you kind of elaborate, you know, <laughs> a little bit more about yeah. this and kind of share with the members about that? That was a you know that was great. You remember it's, that? You know, and as as respiratory therapists, we work. I worked with some amazing critical care nurses. We work very closely with pulmonologists, intensivists, and cardiologists. And these doctors can be intimidating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so over the years, learning from them and not, not learning how they think, but you get such a broad clinical picture and you pick up the things that, that they're looking at. When I do a chart review now, mm-hmm. I actually gather my data before I look at the diagnoses. So I look at the vitals, I look at the labs, mm-hmm. I look at the radiology reports, I look at the physical assessments, and then I go back and start by reading the ED physician's diagnosis mm-hmm. and follow it through. So it's kind of like trying to see what's going on, you know, trying to guess and figure it out. Yeah, so it right. makes it, you, you look for things I well, I didn't see any JVD mm-hmm. and the BMP was normal, so it couldn't be CHF. Yeah, and then you see CHF. <laughs> yeah, all right, right. As a diagnosis mm-hmm. on the chart. Yeah, and you know the first time I wrote a clinical validation query, 
Mm. I probably read it 10 times <laughs> because these were physicians that I worked with mm. and that knew me. And I thought, mm. I can't come across as not being confident. Gosh, I, rem- I wish I remember what my first courier was. Gosh, it was, I don't really remember, but I, I know when I, cause, cause when I, um, you know, one of the things that I, that I, when I used to work in South Florida, it was with a health system that they put you everywhere. I mean, they put you in, in med surge, uh, ortho neuro. Um, they put me in oncology. Uh, but I, I remember I spent a great amount of time in critical care, uh, the cardiovascular unit, um, trauma is very interesting. And, you know, you, you get to see, you, you get, you develop a repertoire, you know, in, in yes. the way that the chart is set up. Uh, the documentation is very complex because they could spend many days or less days, whatever it may be, based upon, you know, if they recover or sure. not. Uh, and, and yes, critical care doctors, they, you know, they, they have a certain, you know, like for me, they have a very particular mindset that they want to make sure every component in, in the patient is, is there. Um, because they really, yeah. they're, they're at the, when you think about the severity level, it's at a high level, but because mm-hmm. it's a high level, it's a complex level. And they have to, every time their note, go through it A through Z, A through mm-hmm. Z. It's not like, you know, a quick update. They have to go through A through Z in the critical care note. And every note is like that. And if it's a long-term stay in the critical critical care, boy, you have to do a lot of reading. <laughs> constantly. See what they snuck in there. Yeah, like everything, you know, like when it was handwritten, it was terrible because oh. I don't know if you ever gotten exposed. To, oh, yeah, you probably have. You've seen the, the written notes and you're trying to figure out like, oh, you know, yeah. out of the out of the things that look the same, what's different? <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of what's, what's going on yeah. today, uh, you know, because usually I'm like, oh, it's another day. You know, let's just, should I even come here today? Can I go back, you know, come back the other day? Uh, and, mm-hmm. and do that. And, you know, that was the case for, for critical care. But when it came to, um, you know, like the the electronic health record, that was even worse because, you know, you, you're talking about copy and paste and all of that and, and trying to yeah. decipher, <laughs> can I even pull anything from there? Can I validate anything from there? Can I even try to <laughs> attempt to, to get a query out of those complex notes? And usually because they, they go, they're very comprehensive in their documentation. It, it's very hard, at least for me, from, from when I done it, very hard to query a critical care physician, unless mm-hmm. it's something like respiratory failure or something like that. But you know, they're in critical care. They already, <laughs> they already have it already probably because of the high level of care. Yeah. So there you have it. That is the first part of my two-part interview with Brian Simpson. If you noticed, he mentioned the Mayo Clinic opening their CDI department to respiratory therapists. This podcast episode was perfect because before I released this episode, I posted in LinkedIn a job post from the Mayo Clinic for a CDI specialist. And in their job description, I was pleasantly surprised to see that they're looking for qualified credential professionals that are not just registered nurses. So I want to send a big kudos to the 
to the Mayo Clinic for promoting diversity. So that way you can tap into the full potential of qualified candidates for a CDI program. Please make sure to check out Brian Simpson on LinkedIn. And of course, you can check him out on many of the Facebook groups related to medical coding, risk adjustment, and clinical documentation integrity. Medicalcodinggeek.com